Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,936. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful El Segundo, California, with a very special guest by the name of Marisol Herrera. Marisol, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. All right, we'll have some fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you? I really enjoy thrifting and roller skating on my off days while I'm not at the gym. Oh, cool. Now, thrifting. So is that going to garage sales or going to thrift stores or uh, uh, flea markets or places that have kind of cool, unique, eclectic things? All of the above. Yeah. So right now I'm focusing mostly on Western wear. I really like 80s Western, 60s to 80s Western wear. Oh, wow. I really enjoy amber dishes. Anything that's amber colored, I I collect. And I, I found a really big amount of them out in the desert this last couple of months ago. Oh, how fun. Now, roller skating, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of roller skating and goes, this ages me, goes back to the roller skating days. You know, there was a big revolution, not revolution, but there was a lot of roller skating in the 50s. And then it kind of died away. And then it kind of came back in the 70s. And then there became the inline skates. So do you skate on the old roller skates or the inlines? Um, the roller skates, the not the inlines. I, I'm still afraid of using those. <laughs> but I, um, I've been roller sa- skating since I was a child. Um, I know it got really big again during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, so I, had, I met a lot of new friends. Um, and we started skating together just after work and just meeting up at the beach. And it's... It's a really fun uh, activity, hobby, hobby to have. Oh, absolutely. Great exercise, too. So uh, it's fun. I grew up in Southern California, south of you down in San Diego, and skateboarding was my big thing. I mean, I would ride a skateboard to school when I was in elementary school. It was all the rage. But skate, roller skates really weren't that popular back then, but uh, they certainly have come back. And roller skating on the boardwalk down there in Mission Beach, uh, lots of people doing that back uh way back in the day. So that's fun. Kind of fun to see that it's still around. Now I think of also roller derby, which is oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy, uh, crazy stuff. But I remember watching that way long ago. Do they even still do roller derby? I don't know. Um, yeah, I follow a couple of roller derby um, Instagrams. There's a big one in San Diego and a big one here in Los Angeles. And I mean, I haven't heard from them this last year because of the pandemic, but I know they had it um, maybe once a weekend and you can just go in and, and enjoy girls crashing into each other. <laughs> Looks like a good way to hurt yourself to me. Uh, yes, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Marisol Herrera is the executive director at the Zimmerman Automobile Driving Museum. The museum's mission is to collect, preserve, exhibit, and ride in historic vehicles. Yeah, I said ride in them. Kind of a unique thing for a museum. Marisol and her team use the collection to present educational opportunities and displays that illustrate the aesthetic, engineering, and cultural evolution of the automobile, including Sunday car rides, event hosting, ADM special events, and much, much more. She has been with the Zimmerman Automobile Museum Driving Museum for over five years, where she started as a receptionist and she's worked her way up to executive director. That's very cool. Marisol has helped implement unique programs that emphasize women in the industry, which you listeners know I love. I've had over 300, I think 
350 maybe on cars, yeah? And her continued efforts have earned her a spot in SEMA's 35 under 35 in 2021. Congratulations. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about the museum. But first, a word from our sponsor. So give them a little listen and we'll be right back. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the polycotton seat savers, Endura Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, Leatherette Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, and their durable Carhartt Seat Covers. They're all easy to install and remove. And guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Mirasol, welcome back. Now, let's go a little deeper in the corner. I want to start with your involvement with the museum. I really applaud you because it sounds like you got a job there. You were working as a receptionist. And lo and behold, through hard work and dedication, now you're running the joint. I think that's pretty cool. So talk about your involvement with the museum and then kind of evolve that into what the museum is all about. Because what I love about what you guys do is it's not just static cars. It's driving in cars. I mean, that's pretty unique thing. Yeah. So the museum, I mean, it's been around for 14 years and I had not heard from heard about it before. You know, I, I was born and raised in the South Bay. I thought I knew all the museums in the area, but um, when I applied to it, I was very shocked to find this, this hidden gem with over 130 vehicles, mostly American vehicles. I come from a museum background, so I used to work at the Natural History Museum, the La Brea Tar Pits, California Science Center. Nice. Yeah, so I worked from all of those museums, and I had a lot of experience on how a 
museum actually runs. And as soon as I came in, I realized that, you know, we were a hidden gem and I wanted to change that. So I started doing marketing at the museum. I started promoting on social media and just getting our word out there um, on all the event pages that we could. And we just kept doing it for a couple of years. And we're finally starting to gain some traction because of all of the promotions that I've been doing. I was able to have new programs created. There was a lot of people who were interested in the museum and what we could offer. Um, and one thing I noticed that other museums weren't doing is focusing on women in the automotive industry. Um, so we kicked off a women in racing and we focused on Shirley Muldowney, Lynn St. James, even people, you know, like Danica Patrick and um, the Strong Sisters. We even had an event where we brought down Shirley Muldowney and she fired up her dragster, her pink dragster. <laughs> cool. Um, and from there, it was just a snowball effect. Um, we created Ladies Car Care where we would host basically classes to teach women about maintenance on their vehicles as well as vintage vehicles. We did a women's car show where we only invite uh, women owners, mm -hmm. so vehicles with women uh, that are owned by women or co-owned. Um, and then we also started a ladies restoration class with our 1955 GMC. And it was, it's, you know, ever since that, people look forward to it every year. So we host our women's show once a year. We do the ladies car care once a year, a couple times a year as well. And from there, we expanded and started doing car shows for different themes. So, for example, we have Corvette shows, VW shows. We do, uh, we're doing a hearse cruise in next week for Halloween. Um, and we do a lot of things with the community um, as well as like another restoration class we have was with the local high school, the Da Vinci High School restoration team. And they're working on a 55 Nomad. We also in started increasing our facility rental space so you can have your wedding or bar mitzvahs here and you can come in in a car like a vintage Packard. And because we had so much more people coming in and so much, so many more donations, we were able to create a scholarship program for mechanical engineering students at the local El Camino College, um, which is our local, yeah, one of the local colleges. So we've been able to increase from there. And it's turned to the point where, you know, the Sunday rides were our biggest thing. And now it's just kind of a little add on. And uh, we take out three of our vehicles that are um, in the museum and we take them out for rides every Sunday. Um, if it's raining, we don't take it out take them out but it's a very unique experience as well because you get to actually experience how the car what's the most supposed it's supposed to be experienced wow you yeah. have been a busy lady with you and your, your <laughs> team there now for those of you listening uh if you're not i mean la is a big place but where they're located you're basically just not too many blocks south of los angeles airport just south of the uh, century freeway right the 105 and the one yes we're right right down to sepulveda or pch now yeah. um from LAX, and we're really, really close. Yeah, real easy to find. So if you're uh, going into the Los Angeles area, flying in, take a little moment to maybe stop by the museum and check it out. Uh, I think it's really fun, and I love the way that you are involving a lot of different people in the museum. I think that's tremendous. It's a way to make the museum a different experience than just typical museums where you go in and, and have a static ride. I know the, or I have a static display. I know the LeMay Museum, which is just 10, 15 minutes south of me here in the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest, they have a field and they give rides in their cars around their field, which is really fun. People can, especially for young kids to get in an old car and go, people used to drive around in things like this. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, 
Yeah. So he has an experience that I'm very jealous of that we cannot provide, which is uh, teaching people how to drive a Model T, which is a dying art. And <laughs> we can't do it because of our insurance, but I, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you what, here's something kind of fun. My neighbor, literally, I'm looking at his house. He lives right across the street. He had a Model T and he's one of the guys, he is the guy that teaches people. I used to sit here and do shows and I would watch him pull his Model T out. And when my son was younger, he'd run across the street and say, can I go for a ride? and he'd give them a ride and yeah it's pretty fun so uh, anytime you can get young people involved in this thing is important definitely so when you when you look at your past you talked about being involved in museums la brea there's a great museum i've been to that museum having grown up in southern california it's pretty interesting was there a point in your life when you realized that you know being around older things and and keeping those the stories alive of these things is important was the right career for you is that something you always wanted to do not necessarily. It's actually, I was more of an environmental studies ga- girl. I, you know, went to college in UC Santa Barbara and I studied environmental studies. I did ecological restoration with the local, um, with the local clubs out there. And I thought, Hey, I'm going to forever, I'm going to, I'm going to be focusing on plants, making sure we bring back the local flora and fauna. But when I got out of college, there weren't any jobs for, for environmental studies that I liked. So I decided to focus on museums. And that's when I uh, found, I actually found the receptionist position on Craigslist. So um, I decided to just make a change just because I felt like I was stuck at um, at my current position and not, not rising up the ranks. And then from, from there, when I, when I started working here, I it was honestly within six months, six months, I was a manager. And then within, you know, three years, I was the executive director. So it's been it's been a whirlwind. You know, this is a great story because a lot of people and and young people are sometimes often blamed for coming to work at places and then immediately wanting to advance right away. And you're a great story because you talked about, okay, I went from being a receptionist to you obviously displayed your ability to market, to put the museum out there. They went, oh, oh, we got somebody who can do some extra things that I'm sure that didn't come from you just staying in that role and not putting yourself forward or offering to do extra work. And then three years later, you're running the place. This is a great story for young people that these things don't yeah. come automatically, right? You you got to show some initiative. You got to show that you got extra talent. You got to take some extra time and some work and don't expect it to come to you. Give first before you get back is what I'm hearing. Definitely. And, you know, I, I make it sound like it's been an e- it was an easy experience climbing the ranks, but it, it definitely wasn't. You know, there was a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. People didn't want, you know, a young girl being in charge of a car museum, especially since it started as an you know, old boys club. There was a lot of growing pains, but I kind of, you know, I just kept kept proving them um, wrong and having positive results for my, you know, my events and all of my programs. And they just, you know, they eventually started trusting me. And now it's to the point that they're always looking for me for guidance, which is a really, really weird feeling because I feel like I'm not an adult yet. I'm still... <laughs> well, you know, you're definitely adult. I'll tell you that. But I love I mentioned in the intro, you earned a spot in SEMA's 35 under 35 and SEMA's coming up here very quickly. I've been to 30 SEMA events. It's just a, such an important organization as part of the industry and so forth. How important is that that uh, spot you earned for you? You must be very proud. 
Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, you know, it's a really big opportunity uh, to network and meet other other um, colleagues in the you know automotive industry. And it's just been a whirlwind just because from there, I started getting a lot of um, a lot of emails asking me to be involved with some different committees. And I'm starting to meet so many people and, you know, especially women. Um, I'm also part of SBN, which is the SEMA Business Women Network. And I just I'm just meeting a lot of people who or females that that experience the same things that I do in uh, being in the automotive world. So it's it's been really eye-opening. Well, it's very, very cool. And I just, I'm sitting here realizing, I record these shows in advance, of course. Uh, today is the first day of SEMA. For those of you listening, it's November 2nd. So SEMA is launched. So this will be an exciting week for you uh, okay. to be a part of this and to be influencing, no doubt, other young women who will look up to you and say, wow, well, she did it. Okay, Marisol, how do I do that? You know, what, what's the path? How do I take that path? So again, my hat's off to you big congratulation for uh achieving that and for what you've done it's definitely done through hard work you know one of the things that help us be successful or are what i call driving inspirations people in our lives who are important or influential is there somebody like that in your life that's been a great help not necessarily a person but the whole southern california museum community this is a position i've never been in before and i just you know i reach out to them whenever i have questions about things that i don't know and they help me out you know they've they've helped me actually survive pa- the pandemic by helping me apply to grants and now that that's starting to settle i reach out to them and ask them you know how can we get more involved what things have you guys done before that has have worked for you just the whole the whole museum community has been really helpful in keeping this my museum alive. That's pretty darn awesome. And of yeah. course, you're in car heaven there in Southern California. And there's some incredible museums down there, uh, many of which I've had as guests on my show, people from that area, you know, the biggie, of course, uh, Peterson, mm-hmm. which is pretty huge. They've got a great group of people there. But there's so many others down in that Southern California area. Uh, another one I've had on the show is Peter Mullins Museum up there north of you, uh, which is pretty darn incredible uh, with that collection of cars. So some wonderful collections, wonderful people. The car world is full of wonderful people, which I think is is pretty good. If you were going to advise or be a mentor to a young person moving forward and wanted to work in the career path that you've chosen, what's maybe a way you would advise them to get involved? The suggestion that I would give is to, um, you know, reach out to local museums that you are interested in and ask them if they have any volunteer programs, or if you can even just start at a lower tiered position there. So you can kind of get get an idea of what they what what a museum is all about and always offer yourself, you know, for help. So like, every time I um, had questions or I had an idea, I would always tell my executive director, hey, we should do a Japanese car show or we should do a trunk or treat, you know, how now. <laughs> trunk now- or treat. <laughs> and then now they're, they're, there are events that happen every year. People look forward to them. And it's, it's really rewarding seeing the, the fruits of your labor. You just got to keep working hard, never give up, take your goals one step at a time and always make time for yourself and your mental health. I, that w- That's always been really important for me, especially just because, as you know, <laughs> I've never done this before and yeah. it's brand new and um, I'm just pa- basically taking it a step at a time to make sure we all have a favorable outcome um, in terms of the museum world and and the programs that we provide. Now, you mentioned you didn't come from being in the car world, but you, you definitely become a car gal, whatever you want to say. Are there or is there a group of cars or type of cars that you've really fallen in love with? That have kind of I know you like all cars, but some people yeah. kind of dra- gravitate towards one special type mark or group of cars. Is there something that you've kind of fallen in love with? 
Yeah, I have a love for all of them, obviously, but the ones that re- that really stick out for me are wagons or, you know, the orphan cars. I really like Studebakers, Nashes, Packards, and I also like the trucks. I've always wanted a Ford Bronco, but I can't afford it. So I've, I've been looking at internationals, the Scouts. So oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I just really like those vehicles that you can take out for an adventure or go, um, you know, on a road trip with. So yeah. Yeah. Well, wagons are cool and they've, they've really kind of come back into their own. And, you know, sadly, even if you think about new cars, aren't many too, too many wagons you can buy anymore these days. When I grew up, all the companies, major companies had wagons. Our first wagon was the Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. Ooh. Uh, 64, I think, was the first one. 65, my parents bought. And then they bought another one in the early 70s. Uh, it was a great car. That's the one with the, the skylights up on the top. So when you're mm-hmm. in the back seat, you could kind of look through. My sister and I thought those were so cool because we had our own visors that we could pull down. Kind of made us feel special. But most of the time, we rode in the back which uh, was looking out the back window, making faces at trucks as they drove by and stuff. So, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, great fun road trips we took in, in the Vista Cruisers. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a challenge. You alluded to one of the challenges, being a woman in the industry, also being young, uh, but maybe there's something else you want to share. So keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, so let's talk about this. Big challenge, big failure, something you came up against that really pushed back on you. But more importantly, what did it teach you so you could come out positive on the other side. So being a woman in the automotive field has been very difficult for me just because it is a man's world. The things that I have done is basically prove them wrong. Um, I created car shows and they didn't think they were going to be a big success. But now I have one every month. And, you know, I have my programs that happen during the summer, um, the ladies car care um, scholarship program, things like that. I've also met other women in the automotive field, and, and I know that this is a common problem. So I have connected with them in their own networking programs and basically told my story of how things have progressed. But now, you know, most of the most of the docents are 
are happy with me and they're impressed. And it's just it's just a learning curve, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my yeah. daughter, uh, real proud of her, obviously. She's an adult now and uh, has a career and just became a mother, which is really exciting for her. When she was in college, uh, she was put in charge. She was in a sorority. She was put in charge of a uh, of a big event they had on campus. And it was a big money-raising event for the sororities and fraternities. And uh, she looked at what they've been doing, and what they've been doing was the same old thing year after year after year. And she presented an idea of, we need to do something different. And the reason I bring it up is you, you said some things that sounds like you did the same thing. You came up with new ideas, new events, new ways for people to get together. And a lot of times the old school, uh, in this case, her college, uh, the, the senior advisors that were looking going, well, we've never done that before. I, I don't yeah. think we should do that. And I remember she was so frustrated, but she finally talked them into it. And lo and behold, they made like three times the amount of money they'd ever made. And it's because they did something different, different yes. perspective. So sounds like that's what you did with great success. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they kept doing the same three three shows every year. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it started, to, it started to die, and mm-hmm. once we once we shook it up, that's when you know people really started noticing us again, and we're less of a hidden gem, and you know, people were excited to see us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great lesson for listeners out there. If you're working in an, in an area, you know, people a lot of times people in businesses encounter this. Uh, the old school doesn't want to change. They they just hate that word change. I think humans in general, are scared of change. But it's it's so important to revitalize and refresh and open up opportunities because one of the things that I'm seeing is, is us old guys, I'll talk for myself, uh, baby boomers, we're getting older and we're dying off. And we've got to do things to bring these young people like you're involved with SEMA, the 3535, into the industry so we can keep this going and express interest. So, uh, you know, you go, girl. I, I love the fact that, that you brought fresh ideas and you've proved that that's important and that will help do that even more in the future as other people will go, well, I've got a cool idea. Let's yeah. let's try this. So that's pretty awesome. Very uh, much congratulations gone to you. Uh, let's look at it maybe a little bucket list item for you. If you look ahead for you in the museum, and I don't want to go too far out because what we've just dealt with for the last 20 months with this COVID, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's walloped, especially museums and places where people like to congregate. What's on your bucket list for the museum? Let's say in the next two, three years. Oh, gosh. Well, my overall goal is to maybe expand, maybe have a bigger building so we can, uh, you know, display more vehicles. Yeah, We have 130 vehicles in our collection, but we only display about 60 to 70 at a time. I want a big space, a bigger space, and maybe we can we can create a new wing, maybe on focusing on British vehicles or Japanese vehicles or a rotating exhibit, um, because we mostly just we just display our own vehicles. And I'd love to have the community involved with displaying their own vehicles as well. But more realistically, <laughs> more realistically, I'd want to um, reintegrate, you know, the ladies' car care classes. I haven't been able to do it just because of the pandemic. And my teacher that was doing it originally, she moved over to Utah. So I, or was it Colorado? She moved away, but but because of that, I haven't been able to really focus on it since I don't have a teacher. And also create more, um, this I have a new program in I, in mind called Shop Talk, where we bring local businesses in the automotive field, and they do, um, you know they do a presentation of their of their product with one of our vehicles and and show how they can be used on vintage vehicles. Oh, nice. Um, nice. So I want to I want to bring that all back up. These are great programs. Uh, do you know anybody at the LeMay Museum here in the uh, Pacific Northwest? 
I don't know anybody personally, but I've been there for NAM, which is the National Association of Automobiles, yep. Automobile Museums. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> we had a conference there and I, and I, um, you know, I checked out the Leme and it was, I know there's multiple buildings in multiple areas and it's nowhere near <laughs> how our, you know, how our small museum is. So it's, it's yeah. a beautiful. Well, the reason I asked that, I'm, I'm thinking you were probably at the, you mentioned multiple buildings. Were you at the LeMay Family Museum in Marymount or were you at the LeMay Museum, uh, America's Automobile? Museum in Tacoma. There's two different museums under that name. I went to both. Both. Okay. Well, good. The the one in Marymount, and then we went to the other one at the end. There you go. Well, I actually spoke at one of those NAM events. I think it was probably five or six years ago. Uh, they brought me in as a keynote speaker. But I should introduce you to people at LeMay America's Automotive Museum because many of these programs you're talking about, they have at LeMay. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm going to introduce you to, there's a new director there who happens to be a woman, Tabitha Hammer. She's brand new at LeMay, uh, Renee Chris, who's been on my show as well, and some some other people who are part of the LeMay Museum have been guests here on Cars. Yeah, I'll introduce you to her because I think you could uh, glean some more information of how they've done these events because everything you're talking about, they do at LeMay. Yeah, so I think uh, it'd be great to connect you to Tabitha's great, and uh, I think you two would hit it off really well. So I'll make that introduction. How does that sound? That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Of course, let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Is there a special vehicle somewhere in your history? And what was that vehicle? Maybe share a story about that ride. Definitely. Um, so we have a Packard Darren um, at the museum. I think it's a 37. Mm-hmm. And Darren is a very rare uh, body style. You know, I fell in love with it. It was one of our, uh, my, one of my favorite volunteers, favorite cars. Um, he unfortunately passed away, but it was it was just, it was less as Darren, and so I always had a, a really strong connection with it, just because it reminded me of him. And um, when I got married, we decided to do the color scheme off of the of the off the car. So the car is maroon, and I um, you know all my bridesmaids were all maroon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tablecloths were all maroon and black, and um, we actually drove it out to San Pedro and took pictures after we got married in it. It's always on display. It's been featured in the movie Hollywood. And the show Ratchet on Netflix, so it's it's a pretty popular car. Now the Darren is such a, a pretty darn cool car. And if I'm if I'm thinking to the right, I just couldn't think. I think thirty nine forty forty one somewhere in that era is the car that you're talking about. Uh, beautiful yeah. car, but you really have become a car girl if you picked <laughs> picked a car to to uh, and the color to go with your wedding colors. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, you're definitely in the club now. Kind of in there now. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. No, you're there. You're, yeah, you're deep in the trenches. I'm going to be your automotive psychologist today, all right? I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit and ask you a very unique uh, question. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be, but more importantly, why? Oh, uh, I got, I got an answer for that one. I'd be a a Scout International. (laughs) Yeah, okay. The reason is because it's not as popular as a Bronco. I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm very popular, but, you know, people are still. (laughs) Oh, come uh, on. (laughs) People still notice me um, and I'm eager to explore nature and take the path less, uh, less traveled because I, you know, I really love those big trucks. I I have an FJ now and, you know, that's the closest I'm probably going to get. Well, <laughs> never say never, you know, you just never say never. I am pretty <laughs> Yeah, you may be surprised one of these days some opportunity pops up or something that enables you to get that car of your dreams. Never, ever give up, that's for sure. How are some ways that you like to give back to people in the automotive sector? You've talked about some of them, especially helping women in the automotive sector. Mm-hmm. Yes, very proud of my ladies' car care classes. You know, we host them at the museum usually 
two to three times a year. And we, we divide it amongst, you know, Ladies Car Care 101, 201, 301, um, where it starts as easy as just keep it checking your air on your tires to as advanced as changing the oil filters and changing the 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 wheels, uh, you know, the tires on your vehicle. This class is usually led by a woman um, and that helps other women be very comfortable, you know, asking questions and, and getting more involved with general maintenance. Um, I feel like we've noticed that with when there's a mixed group with men and uh, Men yeah, and women. the guys kind of take over, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the guys get, you know, you know, they get sassy. So <laughs> <laughs> sassy, you know, sassy guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we have these classes just to make women feel more comfortable in asking these questions. So right. there are no right. dumb questions. Definitely. Right. Oh, never a dumb question when it comes to car yeah. care, for sure. I think it's great. How about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners should crack open and read? Yeah, one of my board members, he gave me um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just started reading it and it's, you know, it's, it's such a roller coaster of a book, but it's it's very, very helpful for people who are um, our leaders or, you know, just somebody who's trying to run a business. It can definitely be used in the real world. Um, for just, for example, last week I had, um, I had to use it by, you know, being basically right at the beginning, it tells you to slow down, assess the room, assess, you know, your options and think before you speak and I tend to just speak before I think <laughs> and that's really helped me <laughs> yeah yeah really me, um, be a little bit more organized and um, process what I'm want to say before I even just blurt it out <laughs> you know it's great and I believe Jocko has a podcast too but he's he's great yeah I, I like listening to him he's got a great outlook of course with that military background that he has learning mm-hmm. discipline uh, assessing a room yeah uh, before you act first uh, is so important, but it goes back to a great book that my listeners have heard me talk about, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the habits there, which is my favorite, is first listen to understand and then speak to Mm -hmm. be understood. So many people do the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, listen, that's why my mom used to say, it's why you got two ears and two eyes uh, and one mouth. Uh, (laughs) So listen and observe twice as much as you speak and you'll learn a lot more. So uh, Extreme Ownership, great book by Jocko. There you go. Okay, I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive here. I have a magic scepter which enables me to enable you to pick any vehicle, any person, living or deceased, driving anywhere you want to be. What does that ultimate drive look like for you? Well, I I was going to choose Shirley Muldowney and her pink dragster, but I know (laughs) one seater and I'm scared. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if if it was a two seater, I would probably enjoy it with her and only go you know super fast with her just because um, it's a very unique experience. I don't know where we would go. Maybe to a I'd, I'd be happy just at the Lions drag strip if it was still alive or around. <laughs> but I would ask her, you know, what what are the challenges she had when she was you know at her prime in the sixties and seventies in the nostalgic era? Um, what was her experience with you know being in a male dominant? sport. I know she's brought it up multiple times that it's not easy, but I'm pretty sure she has a lot of great stories on how she overcame that, those struggles. Most definitely. Some other great minds uh, or ladies come to mind. Denise McCluggage, who I had as a guest on the show before she passed, uh, a racer in the 50s and 60s, and then an author and writer um, who had to kind of overcome that problem. Uh, Janet Guthrie, another one racer. And you mentioned Lynn St. James. She's been a guest three times here on the show. I've become friends with Lynn, and uh, she's been great. There's so many women that have really forged away. Danica Patrick's another one, of course, uh, who's gotten out there. And I just a couple weeks ago had two women on the show who were 
racers from the W Series. They ran at uh, Coda in Texas a week or so ago during the Formula One race. And uh, that whole series is, uh, I think, 20 women who race in Formula Three cars, um, wow. which is pretty cool. So yeah, I've had, like I said, I think I've had over 320 women here on cars. Yeah, there's just all sorts of women that uh, young women or old women or anybody for that matter, yeah. can certainly learn a lot from for sure. Well, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I, I really appreciate you taking time out of a very hectic schedule that I know you have. Before I let you go, could you share some parting words of wisdom, a success quote, or a mantra that has meaning for you? Perhaps. Uh, I mean, I kept saying it throughout the whole interview, but never give up, you know? <laughs> yeah, never, never give, give up. up. It, it's, yeah, it's something I hear from virtually every one of my racers. So it's nice to hear it from a, a non-racer, <laughs> but uh, you're right. Yeah. Just never give up. Keep, keep working hard, keep fighting, keep contributing, keep helping. Uh, and you never know where you will end up. So definitely something you've done. How can people learn more about uh, the wonderful museum that you're a part of the Zimmerman automobile driving museum? Yeah, they can check us out on our website, um, www.theadm.org, and we post um, upcoming events and exhibits um, and anything else that we promote. Um, it also We also have the list of which cars are going out on Sundays, if you are interested in that. Um, you can also follow us, follow us on social media at theadm.org, and that's our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I think it's all the same, at theadm.org. Awesome. Great. I'll put links to all those on Amerisol's show notes page. You can find that on the Cars Yeah website. Of course, it's easy to find them uh, using a Google search as well. I want to do a shout out to a mutual friend who introduced me to Amerisol, Doug Stokes. Uh, Doug's become a good friend. He's introduced me to some great people. So, Doug, thank you for bringing another inspiring automotive enthusiasts to cars. Yeah, very cool. Marisol, thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences. Can't wait to get down there and visit you in your museum. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. This has been fun. <laughs> this has. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!